0: It's The Good Advice Show, and you're tuning in to another episode of The Good Advice Podcast with your host, Blake Benz. I've never actually talked about myself in third person. We're going to be talking about what makes management work, and more importantly, we're going to be talking about a spicy news story, a CEO who you may have seen the clip from, a CEO who scolded her employees for asking about bonuses at the end of the year, All of that's going to be on the show today. But as usual, before we tune into that episode, I want to give you a word from one of the amazing businesses in our area, a place that I want you to hear about. Stay tuned. We'll have more on this conversation soon. Talk to you in a second. Are you looking for one of the best places to eat here in Northwest Arkansas? If you're a foodie like me, you have your short list of places where if someone's visiting, you're like, hey, we gotta try this place. I wanna tell you about big, sexy food over in downtown Springdale, and whether you're getting something like just their awesome burger, which if it's me, I'm gonna double up on that, or if you're getting their Nutty Buddy Burger with a little crunchy peanut butter on there, the food is always so freaking good. In fact, there's a reason they have so many five-star reviews on Google. One of the reviewers said, I recommend every single person try this restaurant. You can easily close your eyes and randomly point at something on the menu, and I promise it'll be delicious. When's the last time you heard about that for one of your local restaurants? Hey, check it out. Big Sexy Food in downtown Springdale. You can also go to BigSexyFood.com or check them out on social media at Big Sexy Food. Check it out. You won't regret it. So you may have seen the news earlier this week, and, and if you didn't, it's okay. You can easily Google it. Um, and And by the way, quick disclaimer, I'm not looking to to bash or eviscerate this company, uh, only because this is already happening elsewhere. So I feel like I don't need to pile on anymore. But my wife, I was showing her a video of this interview that was posted. Actually, it wasn't an interview. It was a uh, internal team meeting a CEO was basically trying to motivate the troops, was trying to talk to the employees and basically motivate them to do better, work harder, and make it happen. Well, the CEO got in hot water because essentially employees were asking about, hey, are we going to get our bonuses this year? Like We've heard rumors, um, and I'll expand on this here in a little bit, but basically we've heard rumors we may not get a bonus. What's going to happen? Well, the CEO basically scolded the employees and said, Hey, get out of pity city. Hey, like, let's just focus on what we can control, like get to work and actually gets in this, the snippet actually gets a bit heated in talking about this. Now, this was this went viral. It was shared all over social media, mostly because not just the tone this person took, but this was a boss who uh, whose took-home pay last year was about five million dollars, including one point two million in bonus pay. So people have screamed hypocrisy. Uh, it has been eaten up on subreddits like anti-work, and I want to talk about this today. I want to talk about some things that I think went wrong here for the CEO. And if you are running a business yourself, what should you be thinking about? What should you be? What should be your approach to leadership? And I will say, out of the topics that I love talking about, this is one of the things that I feel like I am the most passionate about. There's probably two things that I'm extremely passionate about where I, I don't consider myself much of a political person. If somebody, let's say I'm having coffee with somebody and you know they're feeling feisty and they want to bring up a topic, I'm usually pretty, um, indifferent. not the right word, I'm not rude, but I, I don't feel a need to combat someone. I'm usually like, okay, cool. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. <laughs> so it, it's just, it, I, I, I guess I am disinterested. I just don't really follow a lot of this stuff, but there are two things that I do get riled up over. And frankly, a bit pissed off over <laughs> if I can say that two things. One is how leaders manage their employees or rather the stories of mismanagement that blow my mind And probably blow your mind, you've probably lived stories where in hindsight, you're like, why did I work for that person? That boss was crazy. That boss was maybe even like, Going beyond just being a bad boss, like manipulative, Um, I had someone who was talking about their boss and they described them as, um, what's the word? Uh, Narcissistic. They're like, oh, you know, she was an awful narcissistic person. And she was speaking so passionately about how awful her boss was. I was like, you've been through some trauma, like working for this person. So a lot of these stories I don't think would surprise you because many of us have lived it. We've lived those bosses. And my hope and prayer for you, frankly, is that you're not living it right now. And if you are living it right now, my advice would be to quit. <laughs> I was in an interview. I was uh, I was speaking in this, um, uh, on a call with someone on their LinkedIn Live years ago, a couple years ago. And this person was asking me for advice, my expertise on what should employees do uh, in working for bad leaders. And at the time, what she was trying to, I don't say it was trying to get me to talk about, but she was trying to help me give honest perspective on like, how do you lead up? Like, how do you work well despite having a bad boss? And maybe I was feeling a little feisty that day. I don't remember, but she's like, what's your advice? And I was like, my advice would be to quit. And she was like, uh. Oh uh, well, for those who can't quit, it's kind of like the impression that I got from this conversation, and I, and I resonate with this, by the way. I mean, I have a friend of mine who works; he's got five kids. He can't he can't quit his job. It's like, like I, I empathize with it. And you're also, you know, me as someone who did quit my job, started my own business, had no idea if I was going to make any money. You know, naturally, my bias is going to be different. So, but I will say, if you are working for that kind of boss, um, how why are you putting yourself through that? Why are you putting yourself through 40, if not more, hours per week, working for someone who doesn't care about your dignity as a human being and doesn't value your aspirations, doesn't value you as a person. And I'm not saying you need to work somewhere where it's you know the total opposite. I mean, they have a personal engagement, a personal investment in your future. At the end of the day, it is a business transaction. But I will say if you are absolutely miserable, um, care more about your life and take action to put yourself in a position that you're happy with. Now again, I don't say that insensitively. I understand that for for some cases, it's like this just has to be life right now. So again, my hope and prayer for you would be that if it is your life right now, um, you would be con- conscious of it not being your life forever. So that's the random segue, or not even segue, um, anecdote. No, that's not right. I don't know what the word is. It's the random piece of advice, I guess, on that topic. But I want to talk about this topic, though. So management's one thing, and then bad customer service is the other thing, by the way, um, which I don't think I'm a petty person, but I was talking to someone the other day about businesses I just won't do business at, I was like, yeah, I have like two or three businesses that like, no matter what happens, no matter how desperate I get, I will never go to that store. And this person was giving me a hard time kind of like, like, wow, like really? And like, I'm like, am I the only one who feels this way? Like, I will never go back there. Maybe I'm bitter. I don't know. But I just, you know, stories about bad customer service. I mean, they really rile me up. It'd be only because honestly, and I, this is a big part of my brand, like building those lifelong fans, those raving customers, those people who really love what you do, it's not that difficult, which is why I get so disappointed when a large-scale business misses that. So that's that's the random thing to say about this. Getting back to the topic at hand, the two things I'm most passionate about, the first one being bad management. Uh, reading this news story really... Um, I don't want to say it didn't give me perspective, but it it just was kind of like, yeah, this is another example. And it, it disappoints me how much, in fact, let me pull up. I want to pull something else up because I wasn't planning on talking about this today, but I want to pull it up because I think it, I think it's tied in. It's something that I talked about several weeks ago. Um, let me find it real quick. Let me find it. Hang on. Sit tight. Let me find it. Be patient with me one second. I'm just getting the headline up um, before I forget. Before I forget about it. Okay, I think this is it. I think this is it. Here we go. Okay, I got it. Uh, so I'm going to come back to this. If you're listening via audio, you're like, what are you even doing? Just just be patient with me for a second. <laughs> there. In today's world, there is a churn of talent in businesses. Not even today, this has been the case for a long time, where businesses have done a bad job keeping talented employees, and they fail to understand the cost of replacing said employees. In fact, I remember, I don't know what this st- statistic is now, but I remember reading this a few years back, actually it would have been several years ago, on hiring and replacing a person in your business will cost you as much as what it would have paid, as much as what you would have paid them annually. So if someone's salary is $50,000 and you have to replace them, or they, they quit, it's gonna cost you about 50 grand to get someone else in that seat adequately trained, understanding the culture. I mean, basically, they were looking at the math behind um, not just training a person, but acclimating that person to the culture of how you do business, the extra time and effort they're putting in to learn how we do business here, the mistakes that they're going to make as being someone who hasn't worked here before. It's going to cost you about the salary of the person you kept, the person you had previously, that you should have kept, which I think is interesting for us to think about Because when that employee asks for a 5% raise and you say, it's just not in the budget, well, guess what? It's going to cost you a whole lot more than 5% to find someone else to fill that gap. Because honestly, what happens more often than not is the person quits, finding someone else takes months, and everyone else is pissed off because now they're having to do that person's job and they're not getting extra pay either. The most disastrous outcomes, I think, are when... There is a big turnover, like one person quits, which leads to someone else quitting, which leads to someone else quitting. And in fact, this is the case of this headline I was wanting to pull up where um, several weeks ago I talked about uh, Activision Blizzard firing their lead uh, programmer, their lead. And I apologize. These are probably the wrong titles, by the way but basically the boss of one of their uh, divisions, uh, one of their game divisions, I guess. Or, again, division might not be the right word. And the reason they fired this boss is because they were wanting to do a bad management practice. They were basically wanting to do a bell curve of evaluations where you have some people at the top, some people at the bottom, and some people at the middle. And unfortunately, what that can do is it can force you to rate someone who is a great employee as average to meet the quota of the bell curve. And I don't know. I might be oversimplifying it. Um, and if you feel that way, it's intentional. It's because that. It's because that's not the heart of what I want to get at today. That's all in that episode. You can check out that episode about how they fired that person. I don't want to get into it, but. Blizzard was, again, in the news. Uh, this is one of the largest game developers in the world. Uh, they make popular games like World of Warcraft. Um, they make, uh, I think it's called Candy Crush. Um, I'm pretty sure is the game they make, the mobile game. Call of Duty. Uh, I mean... Chances are, if you haven't played one of these games yourself, you know someone or you have a nephew or a kid who's asked for it for a holiday, you know, what have you. You've engaged with it in in some way. Well, this is what um, one of the developers of, uh, one of the producers on the World of Warcraft team tweeted yesterday. And I'm going to read this to you. Being loud about it because I've lost yet another... Uh, emphasis added for them. I've l- I've lost yet another person this week. Blizzard is losing amazing talent because someone in power doesn't listen to the game directors who make the products. And then there's several um, follow up um, um, tweets from the same person. Uh, I just want them to explain the opportunity cost to me because at this point I just can't I can't make the math work in any sensible way. Um, and there was another tweet. I don't know where it is. I'm looking for it, where they basically said, um, here we go. Here we go. Um, some talent in quotes is undermining the point. We are creating crisis maps of what we can and cannot ship, uh, meaning the game features or new content. Um, they're basically saying we're, we're, we're now going to the drawing board and crossing things off, saying we can't ship this, we can't ship that. Uh, that is the loss of capacity we're facing. I literally have a schedule I strike out as people hand in notices. Now, since this tweet happened yesterday, or two days ago, another... Uh, World of Warcraft producer also tweeted and basically said, yep, retweet. That is exactly what I'm facing. It is not great. In fact, let me just take a peek real quick and see if I can find um, the follow-up tweet. I don't know if I can. I'm just going to glance real quick to see if it pops up. Um, Yeah, here we go. Forced RTO, RTO is returned to office, has cost us some amazing people and will continue to cost us more in the coming months. It is a terrible, short-sighted, self-destructive policy that is only weakening our ability to, li- to deliver the kind of game we want to make and our players deserve. Now, not getting too in the weeds on Blizzard because it's, oddly enough, really not the direction I was intending to go. Um, But basically, Blizzard, like most tech companies, was a work-from-home business. Uh, after COVID, they said, yeah, you can work from home. And they launched a um, uh, a World of Warcraft game that did very well, uh, ha- had critical acclaim to it. And you, the, the, the developers basically were kind of like, yeah, see, like it works. It's great. Well, in recent times, in recent months, Blizzard basically said, hey, we're ending work from home. Everyone needs to come back to the office. And this is honestly not unlike many businesses. Many businesses have gone this route. They've said this, they've done this uh, for better or worse. Now, Personally speaking, I've had people on the podcast who've had entirely remote businesses. Uh, My bias is definitely towards remote work. It's definitely towards work-from-home policies. Um, I personally feel like in many corporate environments that um, reporting to office is often um, unintuitive, and it's frankly a waste of money in many cases. But that's, that's just my bias, my perspective. So having said that, let's keep talking. Um, In addition to the return to office policy, Blizzard also this last month reported that they would be cutting bonuses or withholding bonuses because of performance issues. Uh, Performance being related to, um, I guess, the products as a whole, not like a... um, you've misbehaved, you don't get your bonus kind of thing. So they were cutting, long story short, they were cutting pay of employees. And this was at like an internal company-wide meeting. Well, also, let's see, let's see if I can find this headline. I should have pulled pulled all this stuff up before and I just wasn't ready. Um, Let's see. Yeah, quarter four, quarter four of, uh, 2022 headline record breaking profits the year before that 2021, $5.1 billion of profits and microtransactions. Uh, again, the highest ever a record for the company. And this was really a major conversation point in one of my earlier episodes It's something that I've talked a lot about on social media. I'm very much exhausted by the headlines of businesses that are talking about record-breaking profits while also talking internally about cutting pay. This is something that really irritates me because it feels upside down for how things should be. Now, this isn't the first time I talked about it. Just this last week, I talked about uh, the company in Germany. I was in Germany with my wife, and we were talking to a guy who worked for a business for, he had worked there for 30 or 40 years, and this business was um, incredibly acclaimed, had done very well for itself. And I was asking about the history of the business. Like, how did it grow up to be something so amazing? And the guy who had worked here talked about the founder of the business and how the business, whenever he was uh, towards the end of his life, he talked about how the business was successful and he became wealthy Not because he took all the money for himself, but because he was a good boss who paid his people well. And I think the exact expression was something like, I'm wealthy not because I paid my employees so few or so little. I don't know which one it is. I am wealthy because I paid them so much. This was someone who understood how this actually works. So I want to bring this back to... You know, we're, we're seeing a talent churn at Blizzard and Activision Blizzard, but I want to take this back to the original conversation point, um, this headline, this viral story of this CEO who was chiding her employees for asking about bonuses while she herself was taking home $5 million in pay. It feels hypocritical because it is. And I think there's some tension points here. I think there's some fair discussions we could have where you might say she has the burden of leadership. She has the burden of, um, responsibility for the entire company. Therefore her reward structure should be different. And I would be willing to, to have that conversation with you in the sense of, of, yeah, I can see that. I, I, I definitely can empathize with you're responsible for more and so you should get paid more. And I don't even necessarily disagree with it either. However, there's something, going back to what I said about, there's things that just rile me up. I don't know if good advice will ever be wildly successful. I don't know if it ever will be. I don't know if I'll ever say I've made all this money. It could be that it's, you know, this labor of love and maybe it never really, you know, maybe I have a small group of people that I get to impact and that's my story, is I impacted a very narrow uh, group of business people and that's something to be proud of. But if it ever is wildly successful and my business falls on hard times, and maybe I need to save this bite. I don't know, I would hope that I would not be one of the many businesses where, when the business struggles, that struggle is most felt in the pocketbooks of my frontline staff. I would hope that as a leader, I would be willing to set my own financial well being aside and to prop up and hold the ladder for my employees so they can continue to live within their means. They could continue to, um, they wouldn't have to cut you know, certain things or, or budget more fiscally or, or what have you. I, I would hope that I would do that. Because to me, that simply feels like the right thing to do. I think about what makes a great boss. And one of the things that come to mind is that great bosses lead by example. And I think many of us resonate with this. I think this is why so many of us get frustrated with stories about CEOs who make all this money while pay is cut from the employees. I think we know intrinsically that that's not right. And when we envision a strong leader, we envision the opposite. We envision that upside down, the other way around, where the leader is the one who's cutting their pay. So that their employees can continue to be okay. Now, we don't have to imagine this. This actually happened. In fact, I remember when this happened. uh, But back in 2014, you ever heard about a company called Nintendo? Back in 2014, Nintendo CEO, uh, Soturo Iwata, took a 50% pay cut for five months Because the company wasn't doing well. The company had experienced these losses, and their CEO took a five-month 50% pay cut, almost half a year, cut their pay by 50% so that their employees would not be fired. And it wasn't just this person Uh, Many other senior executives within the company also took sizable pay increases. Uh, Shigeru Miyamoto, the creator of a game called Mario, you ever heard of it? Took a 20 to 30% cut of their own salary, again, so that employees would not be fired. See, I read that story and I think, what kind of person the CEO must have been? Sarturo Iwata, what kind of person must he have been to be willing to do that, to know that that was the right thing to do? In fact, it wasn't the first time he did this. Back in 2011, he took a 67% pay cut, 67%, two thirds of his own salary, because the company had its first ever full year loss since it had gone public. These are different kinds of leaders than what many of us are exposed to on a day-to-day basis, but they're doing leadership the right way. And I think sometimes the reason this stuff gets so frustrating to hear about is because many times business leaders are too disconnected from the reality of what their employees are facing. And I'll put it this way for you: if you're an if you're if if you have an employee who makes ten dollars an hour, now there are some places that minimum wage is seven or eight bucks, so we'll just say ten dollars. In fact, we'll make it even nicer: if you're you have if you have an employee who makes twelve dollars an hour, what is that person most often thinking about? on a month to month basis. They're thinking of a handful of things. If I was just to guess, they're thinking of rent or paying their mortgage, which is likely going to be at least half of their monthly take home pay. They're thinking about groceries and other essentials, including diapers. And they're thinking of daycare, child care, Um, caring for a loved one if they don't have kids, maybe caring for an aging parent or what have you. Now, is this everyone's story? No. Is this the story of many people? Absolutely. So when you tell someone to not worry about bonuses being cut, when you tell someone, get out of pity city and, hey, you should be focused on serving the customer These things aren't mutually exclusive. It's not that they aren't thinking about the customer. They're thinking about something very important to them. How am I going to pay my bills this month? And this is frankly something that many bosses no longer have to think about because at $5 million in take-home pay per year, you really aren't thinking about your monthly mortgage in the same way that your minimum wage employee is, just the bottom line. It's not that your people are money grubbing. It's that they're trying to survive. And I'm not oversimplifying it or overindulging in this. I'm very simply pointing out that the things that people think about when they're middle or lower income are drastically more tied to money and the amount of money they're making than someone who frankly no longer has to worry about many of those things. So here's the takeaway. If you are a boss, you should know what your employees care about, and you shouldn't begrudge them for caring about money. Money is the means that allow many of us to live the lives we want to live, and it's frankly disingenuous to guilt or shame someone for wanting more money. So that's the first thing. The second thing is to lead by example to lead by example. If you are working in a business where your business is falling on hard times or things are getting difficult, you should make sure that you're the one who, just like you're bearing the responsibility of the business's success when you take that massive bonus, you should also be the one to bear the brunt of the failure when the business isn't doing so well. And I remember I'll never forget this quote from the book, Good to Great, um, one of my favorite books, but it's the metaphor uh, or the analogy of the window in the mirror. And the way that um, the book talks about it is there's a window that you can look out and see all of your employees working. And there's also a mirror that you can look into and you can see yourself. Bad leaders will often look in the mirror when things go great and they'll look out the window when things aren't going great. Great leaders flip it and instead, when things are not going well, they they look at themselves in the mirror. And when things are going great, they look out the window and they look at all the hard work their employees are doing. They look at all the things that are happening because of the people that are part of the team. Your business should reflect that ideology. And even if you are, let's say, maybe you're in a position where your business is not able to do profit sharing. You're not able to share um, in that way. Maybe you just simply can't be the highest paid company. I would say that transparency and candidness go a long way. But you ought to be offering something that's meaningful. And I don't mean a pizza party once a year. It should be something meaningful that let people know that they're the heroes of your business. So often we over indulge in our ideas of who we are with our business. You know, what are we creating? What are we doing? And and I don't I, I don't fault someone for feeling that way because at the end of the day, I mean, we are the ones who are sweating, going to sleep at night, thinking about our business. But your leadership will reflect how you really feel about your people. And I think that is something to look in the mirror for. Hey, that's today's episode. If you enjoyed today's episode, you wanna support the podcast, You don't have to wait and wish us well wishes from afar. You can check out our Patreon. It's at patreon.com slash goodadvice. And also, hey, if you want to have your business talked about in the podcast, you want to advertise on the podcast, you can also shoot me an email, Blake, at goodadvicecoaching.com. Other than that, those of you who support the podcast, thank you so much. I so appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to our next episode. That's today's episode. We'll catch you later. See ya.